From 1965 to 1980, a generation was born on this planet into a world they didn't create. This generation promptly experienced video games, VCRs, and the chicken nugget. Today, still remembered through movies and music, that generation thrives as middle-aged men and women. If you are bored, if you want to learn something new about something you already know, and if you can stand them, then maybe you should listen to The Latchkey Files. All right, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about guilty pleasures, specifically in movies. So guilty pleasure movies would be those movies that you like, and you like a lot. You would, if you're channel surfing, you will stop, even if it's mid-movie. You've got to finish it. You've got to watch it. But they're guilty in the sense of you're not that willing to tell other people you're a big fan. You might sort of cagely talk about, oh, yeah, I may have seen that when you, in fact, own the DVD. And because you, deep down, recognize this is not necessarily high cinematic quality, but I still like it. That kind of movie. And because this is this can be a touchy subject and a little, little sensitive, little embarrassing, I am naturally going to throw it to my partner. <laughs> and have well, him I appreciate answer. that. I so I that's right, coach. I am nothing if not cowardly. You know. <laughs> so movie or genre or okay. Actor. Now this is this is I've got a I've got a couple, but I, I break it down into a, to a few things. But I'm just going to come out and say it after after years of keeping this kind of secret, sort of hinting around to only the people that knew me best. I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm a big. Patrick Swayze movie fan from the I said it I said it I want to congratulate I, I, you I feel like the steps have been taken you know looking back big, on it breakthrough he's moment had there. so many movies that had these huge casts that and unfortunately mm. with with his passing his untimely passing uh, from cancer he's obviously can't make any more movies so he's cemented in that 80s right. to early 90s right. cinematic culture of i don't know my generation our generation sure however you want to look at it so yeah i'm a i'm a i've, I've said it i'll say it again you say, I'll say it I say it, now i'm saying it proudly i well you talk about you talk about movies in which he plays a part among a right. cast well the outsiders were well look at that ones. i mean look how many future stars you got tom cruise you got emilio estevez c thomas howell although he's not really doing too much rob lowe ralph macchio <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah, these are all right. names and that are going to And then he plays, what, Derry? Was that the uh, the older brother in that? Yeah, he played, uh, Derry was his character in that, so he was like the older brother. So he's a little bit older than than the rest sure. of them. But that, and I mean, it's a classic work, S.E. Hinton right. work, that most middle schoolers have read. We all know the famous line. Stay golden, golden, Pony, Pony Boy. Boy. I mean, everyone knows that. I mean, let's, that's also Ralph Macchio before Karate Kid. So, yes. I mean, that's... yes. And it's funny sometimes to look back on adult actors like the older Patrick Swayze and go back and look and see, well, here's him playing a younger person. He is, and he's not necessarily the star. It's an ensemble. Correct. Piece. Now, um, it's. I don't know that that's the key movie for him, though. When you say Patrick Stewart movie, I don't know The Outsiders is the first one. No, I. Right. It, it's probably going to go in waves. I would say probably Red Dawn. Oh, Red, Red Dawn, Dawn, which they remade yes. recently. Blasphemy, right? It, you just don't mess Can't with it. You that. just don't mess with with greatness. I mean, <laughs> that's another aspect of guilty pleasure. You can't. No, you touch can't. It. You leave it for where it is. You just don't remake those type of movies. But so Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Now looking back on it, completely unrealistic. 
but man. Maybe recap it okay, a little so bit. Okay, so it takes place in Colorado, seen. and you've got Patrick Swayze's a recent grad, his brother, uh, played by Charlie Sheen, is an is a student in a school that's infiltrated by these para-jumper Soviets and Cubans that are taking over the United States. They're splitting us, essentially coming across from Russia to the Barents Sea through Canada, Middle America, and dividing us, as well as coming up south from uh, Cuba through Mexico. And uh, they play these escaped young men um, who will then be joined by Leah Thompson from Back to the Future, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, as well as uh, Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing. Um, they, they put up this revolt against these invading forces, and they're, they take the name of their school mascot, which was the Wolverines. And so they're a guerrilla force. They're a guerrilla force, and yeah. they, they fight back successfully. And again, very, very unrealistic in terms right. of, of not gaining numbers. Normally, a resistance movement would gain numbers, but it's still <laughs> these same kids that nobody else joins right. outside of Powers Booth as a shot down pilot. But it's a very, um, you know, I, would, I don't know if it's jingoistic, but it's a very I think that's raw, fair. Yeah. you know, go, go America. And not even go America, go rural America. Correct. Go. If I recall the open, I, I remember the one of the opening scenes. They're in their schoolroom, and they have a he's like a social science yeah. teacher, or whatever he is, and he is lecturing kind of idly and looks out the. He has a bank of windows, yeah. and he's just sort of looking out of it while lecturing and noting, "Huh, that's odd." These people, dozens and dozens of paratroopers. Landing on the football field. And then, well, just is. the absurdity of that movie. Like, it, they just start shooting random high schools. Yes. Like, we really didn't like the Soviet Union in the 80s, it turned out, because that's how we're well, <laughs> That's. And I think the remake, they switched. It was uh, North Korea in the remake. Yeah. I watched a little of it. I just couldn't. It just. It's just yeah, it's blasphemy. Yeah, it felt like right? I was having it's an affair. Good. Like, it just didn't feel right. <laughs> there was nothing I could enjoy. Felt guilty. But that's that's uh, that's I think one of the first movies you would say is a true Patrick. That would be a big movie. one. Outsiders, he's yeah, part he's of the he's sort of the leader because he's the older ex quarterback, so he's the leader of this resistance force of Wolverine young yeah. cachet yeah. of fighters. How does that end? You know what? I don't actually remember how it, uh, ends. it ends. The only survivors, I believe, are C. Thomas Howell and Leah Thompson. I think they're the only two that survive. Charlie Sheen dies. But has the Patrick resistance Swayze been dies. successful? Or no, they were successful the with the resistance, and then like the United States government jumped in and w- was able to, you know, repel, repel the, the forces. To the plucky, plucky resolve. Yes, absolutely. The Wolverines. the Wolverines did it. I mean, I that's still brought up. I mean, people still will say Wolverines, and you know exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> Nobody, nobody. <laughs> yes. if I yell Wolverine. Whole, don't they like, doesn't he hold the rifle? He holds the AK-47 up. I mean, there's Wolverines. like Wolverines. And yes, now it, it's, a, it's a calling card for 80s yes, adolescent agree. youth that wants to rebel against the Soviet sort of Union. Uncomplicated <laughs> patriotism. Very, very it's simple. Everything, very simple. Nothing thrown in right. the mix. It's just American high school student. That's all you And then any hockey fan is going to remember the movie Youngblood. Where Young he Blood, plays yes. in, in that with Rob Lowe and Keanu Reeves, one of Keanu Reeves' first films was that. We're going to see them together right. later. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, I, I'm not a huge hockey fan, but I, I, I'm more so now than I was growing up. But I, I liked that movie. I thought it was really, really good. Uh, Patrick Swayze Another. is the, the older veteran that kind of looks after Rob Lowe being the farm kid. <laughs> 
It's kind of funny to imagine Patrick Swayze in '86 already playing. You know the what's veteran. funny? I was listening already playing. I know. I was guy. listening to a podcast where Rob Lowe was talking about the filming of that movie, and he said that even at that time, Patrick Swayze was talking about wanting to be a singer and doing. He said oh, that he really? was very ambitious, whereas Rob Lowe was still mm. just kind of wet behind the ears and. Nobody knew who Keanu Reeves was, and here's Patrick Swayze talking about the next element of his career, uh, which he, you know, he wanted to get into singing, which leads us. Well, kind of happens. It does. Almost, in 1987's right? Dirty, Dancing. Dirty Dancing, if you remember, he, he plays Johnny right. Castle, who's the right. rebellious dancer guy in the early 60s. And, and on that movie is the soundtrack, uh, in, in the soundtrack is his song, uh, She's Like the Wind, I believe is the name of it. Yeah. And so that's him singing, that's but he him. was talking about okay. that movie back when he did Youngblood. So I thought that so was interesting. A, sort of had a career plan. He, yeah. Did I did I read that the leads didn't actually get along in real life? I did hear that as well. Um, you're talking about Dirty Dancing. Yeah. 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 Uh, I've 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 heard that. I, I couldn't mm. you know specify more. There are some some behind the scenes uh, things about that movie. That movie was one that. I remember the girls loved that movie. I was in fifth grade when that movie came sure. out. They loved it. Sure. And my mom loved it because that was her time period. She, she loved the soundtrack of that because okay. she remembers being a little kid okay. or a young okay. <clears throat> female during that time. And so she used to make me watch it, and I really got into it. I've tried to do the lift on somebody like at the end, <laughs> but not to no success there. Yeah, I think there were probably special effects. Do you think? Well, I think they practiced. No well, that's the thing. Patrick, Patrick Swayze, Swayze was actually a very accomplished dancer. I guess his mom mm -hmm. was a dance instructor. Oh, yeah. So that's that's all him there. I mean, give him credit to be able to do that. But was he a bouncer? Uh, well, <laughs> was he the best? Okay, bouncer? so we're moving on because now we're, we're, we're getting, moving. I gotta okay, move on. This this one is the, this the is piece a... de resonance here is going to be <laughs> obviously the nineteen eighty eight Roadhouse, yes. the classic Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Because he's not just a oh, bouncer. No, it does not. He he <laughs> he is he is a known. He is an American Ronin. Okay, every, essentially, he is. He's, a, hired, he's hired out. He's a samurai right. of he's, the he's bouncer, bouncer world. without a bar. He's actually not a bouncer. He's a cooler. I don't know the difference. I bounce too, but I was never understood the degrees. The I don't know. I don't understand the the discipline of the. So he's William F. Macy in the cooler. He's that, except for bars. So, yes, uh, if those who remember, I don't know a single guy that doesn't at some level like this movie because it is so so outlandishly crazy, but there's so many good lines in it. But those of you who, who don't remember, Patrick Swayze plays Dalton. I don't think we get a lot. Like, I don't know if that's his first or last name. I don't think it's, it's ever expanded. We don't need it. You don't need more. We don't need it. Who is the best bouncer or cooler in the business? Like, as if this right. is ranked. I didn't, as if there's and an And by the way, this is for the internet. So it wasn't like there was a message board that was ranking these bouncers yet. There's a clearinghouse. We got Dalton? Oh, my God. And I, I have worked at bars. You know, I, I put myself through yes. college bouncing, and I don't remember ever hearing about another bouncer in another town, let alone on the other side of the country. <laughs> this epic Again, legend. this is before the internet. No so I guess there's this club scene. So they hire Patrick Swayze to come into this small town, Missouri roadhouse that uh, is just infiltrated every night by the wrong element and – Fights. So it's a magnificent seven, but with one guy. <laughs> well, you only need one when you've got Dalton. You need, need but they make him guys. an interesting character. He doesn't drink. He does smoke. He doesn't drink. But he was also went to NYU as a philosophy major. So he 
He's also into martial arts. And so, I mean, he's not just a bouncer. Oh, he's no. He's multifaceted. And apparently, if, 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 if you wanted to, he could sing as well. But we don't get to that in this movie. But <laughs> you're right. He is he's brought in and um, to clean this bar like up. To clean, like to clean well, it up? Well, what he didn't know. The previous bounce well, they, they were was, wasn't no, up to the task. They were inadequate, to say the least. But it's <laughs> uh, he ends up protecting not just the bar, but the town. From a guy named mm. Brad Wesley, who is the bad guy. He's the the antagonist of the film. Okay. That okay. sort of runs the town. So Patrick Swayze not only, again, defends the bar, but the citizens that are under sure. the boot heel of Brad Wesley, he is going to liberate them. Does he stay at the bar at the end of the film? Well, or, or they just on? show the movie ends with him swimming in the river by where he lives with the, the love interest. So we don't know. Huh. But you know what? So maybe he's settled down finally, the man who he has might, no but home you know, he doesn't do it alone. He does bring in his mentor. Well, who else? You're gonna bring, bring in Sam Elliott, who's who <laughs> you're gonna bring in. <laughs> You've got Plays to. the character uh mustached or not. Oh, he's mustached. mustached. He's full yeah. mustache, long hair, just that really basso almost like he's voice. been uh, you know, gargling with gravel, like he's <laughs> he's ready to go. So he's the bouncer mentor. He's the mentor. He's the older one. Who now? Okay, now it's really sad. But I went and did a little research on Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Well, Sam Elliott particularly, because I always remember him. If I had to guess, looking at that movie, I would guess he was early fifties. I think he was born in his early (laughs) fifties. He was forty-four years old when he filmed Roadhouse. I'm forty-four years old right now. There's no way that I think I look (laughs) as old as grizzled. So he plays the character, the older bouncer, Wade Garrett, who... Well, bouncing ages Well, you. apparently so. I don't know how the... You only did a little I don't know bit. how the retirement is either for that, that business. As a benefit. <laughs> so not only do you have Dalton, the, the, you know, the legendary bouncer, he, there was a there guy, was a guy before, before him that tutored, or tutored him into the, the arena. And they know him, too. So I don't know, again, <laughs> where... And they, well, clearly you hadn't reached the strata where you even knew about no. this. Where they, it, <laughs> there's a rankings. whole thing. Yeah, apparently, yeah, there's a whole bar underground. So right now there's a bar owner in the in the office of their bar with smashed, you know, glass everywhere outside wondering, we got to get, get somebody like that. And they're naming yeah. a name that we don't know of. I got to get You got to get, get Chuck tank. in here immediately. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, I know it's a long shot. He moved shot. to New York. Get him back. Whatever it takes. He? I think he's in Montana. They spend more money on security. Chopping wood. They could have cabin. burned the bar down and rebuilt it for the same price they're paying for just security. Start it over. <laughs> just get the insurance. Or just money. giving in. Just forget fine. it. Ten percent. Just to let you this guys. be a crap hole. Worth it. It's yours. <laughs> and who was the bar owner? Oh gosh, I forgot his name, but he was in that movie or that TV show Emergency. He's one of the the paramedics in that. Oh, Randolph Mantooth. Is it him? I was one of them. I don't remember, but he's in that because I remember okay. seeing, but he's okay. he's an older version. I, I just remember the name. They also have uh, Elvis's former bodyguard, Red, is oh, really? one, he's a character in that movie. He owns the like hardware store across from the Double Deuce, okay. Okay. which is the name the of Deuce, the bar, yes. Double Deuce. The Double yes. Deuce. So that. So, I mean, we mentioned this, you mentioned this earlier with Red Dawn, or was it Red Dawn? Yeah, with Keanu Reeves. And they join up together in Point Break. Oh, Point Break. Oh, okay. Now we're going to... 100% pure adrenaline. You know, I'm skipped over the 1990 Ghost because 
we're sort of that on a was theme a girl's here, so ghost, a little bit more of a girl's kind of film. So direction. no, but yeah. Point Break, 1991. I was going into high school, and I'm from Ventura, where there's a lot of surfing. And I did not surf as much as as other people, but we went to the beach a lot. There was very much a beach culture okay. out, out there. Um, and so in 1991, going into high school, Point Break comes out, and that movie. I don't know how it was nationally, but let's just say for the the kids in in Southern California, that movie was great. It was was amazing. I mean, if you would have told me that Patrick Swayze would be like some guru Zen surf master, I wouldn't have bought it because I'm thinking that's Dalton. But no, he's a he's a yeah, Yeah. but he can do it all. That's (laughs) no, but that movie. Maybe the theory is he's the same. It character. could be. He just rolls through it all the way. But through. that movie was was high energy, high charge. You've got hundred percent pure. Hundred percent pure. I think that was the tagline for it, wasn't it? Like that. Like it was on yes. The and then you've got uh, Gary Busey. Before yep. he he went a little loony, he was he played the. But he was definitely loony incipient. Like you could it was, see. It was it was cracking. The facade was cracking yeah. by that <laughs> yes, point. He played uh, Charlie Pappas, who's the older FBI agent yes. that was going to help him out so who remind me who was whom in that because he was infiltrating yes. was okay so but who was who i keep forgetting who keanu was, reeves was plays utah? keanu reeves plays johnny utah former johnny utah. quarterback for the ohio state buckeyes who through injury uh was no longer able to play what was his character name in the replacement uh falco Okay. Yeah, I think the it was Johnny guy. Falco. Actually, I don't. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look, but I know it was Johnny Falco. If you're a washed up, QB. he just stays there. Yeah, so not a lot of range there. We're not to John. We're state. not to John. Johnny Wick and just some yet. state. Johnny. Vermont. So he he plays uh, Johnny Utah. Now there there's the bank robbers, and this was such a really cool thing at the time. All the bank robbers were dressed as ex presidents. Remember right. that? So I remember Patrick that Swayze now. being the leaders, Reagan, and I right. think they had LBJ, Carter, and Nixon. Carter, that's I know. I tried to find a okay. Let me. I'm gonna. Can I veer off topic? Carter robbing a bank. I can buy everyone. I'm gonna veer off topic real quick. So, in the vein of this movie, my senior year, uh, me and a couple buddies decided that we were going to egg people, like throw eggs at them on Halloween. So we wanted to do it differently. So we wanted to dress up like the ex presidents and go around and and egg people, but we couldn't find. Mm I could find a George Washington one. <laughs> we had a okay. Nixon, we had a Reagan, and then we had to go with a Ross Perot mask for the. Okay, so you know. We, so we didn't even. I might have, we have been the, and also yeah, ran. So we did that, but we were inspired by that movie. I we see. weren't going to rob sure. any banks. Copycat. We were just going to Copycat. egg people. But yes, back to it. You have these uh, <laughs> these surfing gang who are the ex presidents successfully robbed these banks. And uh, Keanu Reeves being the young rookie coming to L.A., the bank robbery capital of the world, um, decides he's going to go undercover to infiltrate. Gary Busey's character believes that they're surfers. So Keanu Reeves is the undercover agent. He's the undercover agent, agent, and he goes, uh, meets a a young girl, uh, Lori Pesci, is that her name? I can't remember. She's the female lead. He wants to learn how to surf. He ends up meeting Patrick Swayze, who's got this gang, but he's very spiritual. And so he actually believes that he wouldn't be the bank robber and uh, learns to surf and gets to the spiritual side of things, come to find out that it is Patrick Swayze and his gang that are robbing these banks. So he's now must make a decision. And that's where one of the most iconic Keanu Reeves lines, and everyone knows what it's going to be, Bodie, I am an FBI agent. (laughs) 
and I just couldn't think anybody but like like Ted Theodore Logan from from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure saying that line. Yes. Yes, that is a powerful line. That, That's, that did uh, it. Dalton Trumbo did a dialogue. I think perhaps his best role is John Wick because he doesn't speak too much in those movies. Right, just, just flower, just a bunch. beat people just, up because I'll take I, that. But uh, no, that movie, 1991. Did that have skydiving? Oh, it had. In it? Yeah, I'm, surfing was obviously the main one. But yes, there was a scene where they skydive, and you. <clears throat> the mystery around this scene is. They know Keanu Reeves. Like, he doesn't know if they know. He thinks they know that he knows he's an FBI agent. So when they jump out, there's always that, is this parachute actually going to open? It ends up opening, and they land in water. Now, I have been parachuting. You need significant amount of lessons before they'll let you jump without going tandem. Yet Keanu Reeves was able to do it with a, a torn ACL at the time, mind you, for the movie. He jumps out. I don't know any place that would let you just do that, but... Maybe he flashed the FBI badge. No, because he's undercover. No, just oh, for the pilot, hey, like just don't tell secret, anybody. Don't secret. tell anybody. Shush. Let me Shut jump. your mouth. <laughs> but that would, doesn't explain why um, Patrick Swayze's group notices, hey, you're jumping with no... No trade. No well, you don't need nothing. it. It's just, just 100% pure adrenaline. Just that it's just cool. pure adrenaline. <laughs> what, could, what could be more exciting <laughs> than throwing yourself out of a plane having no idea how to do so it? So that was it. Yep, that brings me... That was probably the last... Patrick Swayze movie, I think. But that was a huge one. Mainly that time in my life, 1991, going into high school. And any time that movie is on, I will watch it. I don't care if it's... Point break? That's what I mean. If it is midway through it. Same with Roadhouse. Same with Red Dawn. Any of those movies that we've talked about. And you know exactly what's going to happen, but no, I've got to I've got to watch it. Got to watch it. The thing I love to do, and it annoys my family, so I'm apologizing now, but I'm going to keep doing it because I enjoy it, is I will say the line about a minute before the character says it. So they look at me like, what the hell are you talking about? And then they say it, and then they look, or then the character says that they look back at me. I go, just way ahead of you. That's what we do. I don't don't need a movie almost. So what did you, what do you do with now Patrick Swayze's ascent? You know he's he's not he's not in anymore. He's 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 done. Do you have any? Well, I wasn't going to do this, people? but I'm going to. You'll notice I'm not admitting anything. Yeah, we're going to hold this. off all on you. you. I'm going <laughs> to. Okay, so because I like only the best. As you thing. know, growing up, I was very much into martial arts, much more so ah. than like, being a football coach now for 25 years. I I wasn't that much into football. But I was very much into martial arts, and probably my biggest hero outside of your Bruce Lee, who had since been mm-hmm. long gone, mm-hmm. was Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, here so you go. So that is my other one. Jean-Claude Van Damme, for a short period of time, probably about six years, was probably the most important person in the world to me that I didn't know personally. Okay. Because okay. he had the muscles, he could do the splits, he could do all these jump kicks, and uh, his movies were just, for me, will always bring back that period of time when I was about 12 to about 15. That's when I was very much in his If movies. I remember some of them. Now, we watched – I'm looking at this list here. We watched some of the – Did you watch Bloodsport? I did watch Bloodsport okay. because 88, yeah. right? Is the, that would have been my sophomore year in college. And our football team in college, we had mandatory movie night every Friday. The games were on Saturday. And it was just a team-building exercise. You had to go. You had to go to the movie. It was like a lecture hall. You had to watch the first movie with the team because it was just team-building. And I must have seen Bloodsport five of the ten weeks. Just that's, They kept renting It's so it. good. And I thought, this this really has a thin Oh, point. no, it's like, terrible. The-, <laughs> the acting's terrible. Everything's terrible, but the fighting is so awesome. Now, here's the thing. 
I made it my life's mission to be able to replicate Jean-Claude Van Damme's kicks. All of them. The jump back kicks. That's some, you gotta be some I, I was. I was also a lot okay. smaller at the time. But what's funny is I took all this martial arts and then I was bouncing one time and I tried to do one of these like high-flying kicks and I slipped mm. and then the guy just hit me. So afterwards I was like, damn it, I spent all this time. Oh. I didn't know. That's why the the, the Ultimate Fighting Championship is so great Maybe. because it shows that that stuff is movies. And it's great for movies, but mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. jump up in the air and kick someone in the face when you can just punch them? This is how I look at And it. you'll notice in virtually every movie like that, Bloodsport, no exception, especially when they do slow-mo. So our hero is going to do a rather complicated jump kick. If your eyes are on the victim, he is standing stock still, yeah. not even He's making just an attempt to get, to get out of the kicked. way or block. Right. Just I feel like, where's he going with this? Like, like oh, a kick to the face. Thank Did you, you ever so see much. Cyborg? That was Jean Claude Van Damme's second movie. I, I, I because it was. Have. I know you're a science fiction guy, and it's about know, a cyborg in the future, dystopian, post-apocalyptic yeah. kind of thing. He still managed a, to do he's, jump he's kicks. Terminator. He still managed to do jump kicks. Back well, then. you know, he's cyborg. He's not. He's not purely. But cyborg. kickboxer, kickboxer was the. F- What's kick- that about? Well, <laughs> in case you couldn't figure it out. Floristry, maybe. It, here's the beauty. This was the first one I saw in movie theaters. So I was probably okay. about seventh grade. I saw it in theaters, and he goes to Thailand. His brother is an American kickboxing champ and gets. Uh, crippled by the Thai kickboxing chap named Tong Po. So then Uh-oh. he swears his allegiance to revenge for his brother and gets trained in martial arts, or I'm sorry, in Thai kickboxing. Yet again, he does all these jump kicks, which are not in Thai kickboxing oh, so? at all. Okay. So it it was so great and so stupid, and I still watch it whenever <laughs> it's at least the fight scenes. The dialogue. Which is the one, see, I think it's Bloodsport. Where it's it's a tournament, the Kumite. Kumite, that's Bloodsport, yeah. And didn't one person like throw sand illegally? Yeah, well, he had, I, you know, looking back on it, it was yeah, it was some sort of dusted pill thing that he threw it into oh, his eye, and he was. couldn't see. But that became Jean Claude Van Damme's main thing is the yelling and the facial expressions. Oh right, ah, the, right. Yeah, I liked because of, I'm I'm a sports official. I liked the completely useless official in Bloodsport who just saw, sees all this happening and. Like, sees a guy throw a sand pill, and they, he doesn't, like, wave his arms. That, nope, stop. We're just going to get it go. Just, just let it go. Oh, well, I guess that's happening He's blinded. Now. We're just going to let it go. What, what, what are you there for? Like, what would constitute a foul? Well, you do remember in the scene where, where they actually, the inspiration for the character in Mortal Kombat, Johnny Cage, came from when the, the kind of bigger sumo guy is attacking Van Damme, and he drops into the splits and gives him a, a growing punch. Right. I think right. now I didn't hit it or realize it at the time, but if somebody did that to me, I might die. Like if I get hit yeah, there that well, hard, forget it. It's over. You'd, yeah. You, you would, think you nothing of it back then, but now I'm like that. That would therapy. I, that guy's never gonna have kids, by the way. <laughs> yeah, assuming like you say, he lives through it, <laughs> internal bleeding. Yeah. Like that's really mean. I don't know that the medical tents, you know, up to snuff <laughs> at the Kumite. <laughs> Because didn't the one guy get his like compound fracture? Knee, yeah. Like after the match was yeah, over. Yeah, he, he had or beat him, like and, and uh, Chung Lee, who was the champ, uh, snaps, snaps his, his knee there. That's that's his... not good. You don't want to. That's do that's that. bad news. That'll that'll <laughs> that'll ruin that'll your some, day. You're on the you're on the IR for a little while. But Van Dam did branch out because in the movie Double Impact, which came out in 1991, he plays two characters. He plays twin because hence hence double twin brothers separated at birth. That uh, one lives in Hong Kong, the other grew up in 
the privilege of wealth in Beverly Hills, and then they unite. Prince of the Pauper uh, thing. Yeah, and and his, uh, oddly enough, the same accent for the one that grew up in Hong Kong as well. But they they solved that because he was raised in a French orphanage in Hong Kong. So that's why he has a French accent. See, it all makes sense. Isn't he Belgian? He's Belgian. Okay. That, that would be too much. Yeah, you stretch. can't. No, there's no Belgian, Belgian orphanage there. Are you kidding me? There's no Belgian Come on. orphanage. What do they serve? Waffles <laughs> every day? So that's it. I, the one I remember, because we're doing a lot of ones that I only vaguely remember. The one I remember the best, and it might actually be in my guilty pleasure list myself, is Time Cop. That's a good one. Again, brilliantly titled, because <laughs> there's, no, there's no hiding what it is. What is he? He's a Time Cop. Hence I the remember title. seeing End that story. in theaters, too. I, I saw all these, but no, Time Cop, I thought was probably one of the better of the movies. It was probably one of the least that, uh, cheesy. Joel Silver, yeah. was he yeah. the, the He's a great actor, by the way. He passed yeah. away. He w- that was the one where time travel is unregulated, so it's on the Time Cops to make sure nothing. Correct. And then, uh, yeah, so the antagonist is going back to buy stocks like in the 1930s, create this wealth right. to take over the presidency. I think they rob a... Civil yeah, war, yeah, they did going to uh, a Confederate, yeah, Confederate uh, kind of. And Jean Claude's job is to go back and arrest people that have messed up with the time. Stream. Right, and and again, that movie opens up a good scene is he's he goes back into the 1930s, and he fights a guy who claimed to be a boxer that fought John L. Sullivan and Van Damme. And again, another excuse to kick a guy in the face. Kickboxing, because yeah. <laughs> 1930s pugilism is no, no match, match for the, for the Savat fighting of, of Jean-Claude Van Damme. And because I do remember a scene, they they played around with does time move into the future or not as they wanted to. Like sometimes it did, sometimes it didn't. But I think it is, it's Joel Silver, right? The yeah. The bad guy? He uh, encounters himself, and I think he gets cut on the cheek. Oh, and then the scar. In the movie. Yeah. And then the older version of him, a scar appears. And you go, oh, that's, I guess, interesting. I remember someone else gets coated with, like, liquid nitrogen. Oh, and then Jean-Claude Van Damme kicks his arm. Kicks his arm. Breaks apart. The shatters, yeah. like, glass. So you get the sense these were set pieces in advance <laughs> that they then built the fight scene <laughs> around. Not, not, well, what would naturally happen here? So that was that would be the one that I know the most about. I guess was Street Fighter. Was that the one with Raul Julia? That movie was a the, giant piece of crap. Uh, yeah, well, but I did see that in theaters. Man, that was based. That was the video. It was based game on movie. the video game, but then again, the video game had no real story to it. You had some that you believed to be bad guys and good guys. Well, so they just made a whole damn movie. Uh, I don't even really remember what the movie was about. Well, isn't Van Damme like a UN peacekeeper? He plays the character Guile with the because he wears a he wears the sky blue. Well, no, hat. see, but that's I don't think that's actually part that's of unrelated. the thing. Just, but he, uh, yeah, that was that was a bad one. Not but, good. Raul Julia couldn't save no, that one. He huh? could not. The last one I Just saw in the theaters, woman. the very last one I saw in theaters was Hard Target. Now that was actually okay. I think a John Woo. I think he directed that and. Jean-Claude Van Damme has a mullet in it, a flowing, free-falling, almost sure. curly-styled mullet. Like it could be a ponytail? No, no, a ponytail to? would make sense. No, this was actually a <laughs> 10-year past when it was cool mullet. And okay. he, it takes place. It's actually, it's kind of like the game of death sort of thing where it's it's homeless people being hunted by rich millionaires. And Ooh. Jean-Claude Van Damme gets kind of caught up in in that. 
Is he an officer? Of no, the law, no, he's also officer? an ex-merchant marine who is struggling and kind of through happenstance gets involved he just in this. Stumbles into the. It was. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't good. It, it wasn't, wasn't good. good. I mean, not a really high you know, at that time I was probably 16, and that's when I started to kind of go, okay. Because no, what I don't understand in these fit. movies is, uh, okay, you go into a bar full of guys that want to beat you up. Realistically, you're not walking out of there. I don't care who you are. Now, we love right. Let's just go with it, though. So he knocks out the first nine guys. What makes that 10, 11, and 12th guy go, sure. all right, now he's tired. Absolutely. This is my chance. One of my favorite scenes because of that very thing, I think it was called The Last Boy Scout. Oh, yeah. The opening scene is a football oh, right. game, professional Billy football Blanks game. Billy Blanks And there's a running back who is, I guess, in deep to the mob right. or something like that. He owes the mob tons of money, and if he doesn't win the game, Billy score, Cole. beat the spread. Billy Cole was a, his character's name. They will kill him or whatever. <laughs> so he has every incentive to score. And A, the, the, the game is being played in just a downpour. Just it was like monsoon. Them. And they would, it was like every bank of lights was out because it was almost completely <laughs> dark. So he runs a sweep. They just toss him the ball, and off he goes. Oh, off to the end zone. But a linebacker moves in to make the play, and he pulls out a pistol. The running back has a pistol in his, his, in his belt because he really needs right. to score. And he guns down the linebacker. Oh, my gosh. He just shot a linebacker. Then the safety moves in to make the play. I think that is a, that is a tough safety. It's game safety. tackling. He just saw the second-level defender get shot in the head. Not me. And he realizes, well, I, I'm forced. I mean, I got to <laughs> take the angle I on that fill. one. I got to fill. I mean, I didn't. Coach didn't really say what to do if he has a gun. So, and I think he scores and then shoots. He does. Does the score count? That's what I always wonder. Do they count that score, <laughs> or is there some interference? Well, got That's got to be a penalty, right? Shooting, having a shooting gun? three defenders yeah. to death in route to a touchdown. There's got it. No, what that I is? It's is that at least a, it's at least a ten yarder. It's definitely a necessary roughness. <laughs> But you're right. That's <laughs> silliness. Yeah, that would have been the ultimate. We can always irony. do a podcast gets... on on the last <laughs> Boy Scout because that also has a lot gets of to the end zone, and there's an official flagging him <laughs> for murdering. Defenders. We don't do that. So it was can all we get for a replay? nothing. It was a replay all on for here. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> there's a guy calling New York. What do we do? What happens now? <laughs> oh man. So the idea that these movies haven't thought through all of their set pieces. I don't even – I think that's why I, think I like them, to guilty I, You know, okay, because look, Coach, you know one of my favorite directing crew cast brothers is the Coen brothers. But okay. I can't watch Coen brothers movies if I just have 10 minutes to kill. I can't put on No Country for Old Men or Fargo. It's too vested. Right. It's too exhausting. Absolutely. But I could put on a Jean-Claude Van Damme or Point Break at any point – and fall asleep to it because I don't have to think about it. It's just that it's just pure right. entertainment for the sake of entertainment. And I think sometimes we need that. I do. I, it makes enough sense for the moment and for what's happening. And it's, it discourages, no, you're not, no, don't, don't think hard about it. Right. Please. Movie. In fact, please not. do not think hard. Cause it will hurt right. you. It'll hurt the movie and it will hurt you. <laughs> you. Just go with what we're giving you. And I promise you it'll be a good time. And it usually yeah. is. Usually is. Well, I, 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 like I said, if you noticed, I neatly sidestepped. My We're coming back. Advisors. This is to be continued. So you will answer. We will see if we <laughs> – I, I will have to answer my own guilty pleasure because I have some. But we'll get to that at another time.
Thanks for listening to this episode of The Latchkey Files. If you'd like to experience more from us, you can find Sean O'Brien's science fiction books on Amazon, Nook, Audible, and most other book and audiobook retailers. You can also go to his website at seanobrienauthor.com. And if you're looking to get in better shape, both physically and mentally, check out Chris Varner's lifestyle and fitness YouTube channel called Just a Dad Bod.